0: Uh, but I think there are, I mean, that said, there are ways that uh, you can architecture the app, you know, when you get to like a, the more enterprise scale to make it more um, uh, to make it more ready for, for doing testing.
1: Welcome to 33 Tangents, a weekly podcast featuring a rotating panel of co-hosts that all work together in the same company, but live in different areas of the world. The discussions cover a wide variety of topics from digital analytics to working remotely to current happenings in business and technology. Our regular day-to-day conversations often go off in various directions, and the goal of this podcast is to share our ideas and find new ways to engage with others. Uh, it's good to see you. So, uh, what's been going on? Good to see you too. Uh, you know,
0: not much, but uh, <laughs> a few things. Uh, yeah. So, I guess I'll, you know, I'll reintroduce myself maybe for the for the podcast since I've uh, I've uh, evolved a bit, I think, since I've been over at the the team there. Uh, so, right now, uh, my role as uh, I'm working for a company called uh, True Digital Group which is basically the digital arm of a a large telco in Thailand. Uh, You can kind of think of it similar to Verizon. Um, uh, But I think we have kind of the ambitious goal to really help spearhead uh, a lot of the digital transformation that's happening in Thailand and kind of, uh, you know, further on uh, throughout the Southeast Asian region as well. Mm -hmm. Uh, So we have, there's like a, a few main pillars of the company. Uh, we're doing that through, we have like a digital academy where we're trying to upskill people's uh, digital uh, knowledge, everything from marketing to big data, statistics, data science, that kind of thing. Um, We also have uh, a division that works on uh, kind of interesting, cool projects like uh, IoT types of things, robots, vending machines, uh, all kinds of stuff. Um, But then the... The last part of the, the company, which is kind of where I'm more focused, is uh, a platform that we call TrueID. Uh, basically, it's uh, you can think of it as a super app. We like to uh, kind of uh, internally joke, it's more like a mega app, basically. It, on the surface, it's really um, uh, a platform that allows you to stream live TV, video on demand content. There's article content, but there's a lot more than that as well. I mean, we do uh uh there's communication types of features inside like video calling chatting uh we have a large uh privilege kind of uh program so uh you can we have like a digital wallet You use you you can use that I at know, a variety of everything. merchants <laughs> yeah get get points redeem those for privileges uh we have a commerce side yeah it's it's quite large to say the least. And that is, I think, the trend of a lot of the apps, uh, at least in, on this side of the world right now. Uh, you know, you have apps like GoJack and things like that that are kind of like these in WeChat, obviously, that are just these huge uh, apps. So we're kind of doing the similar type of thing out here. Um, and to make it even more complicated, I guess, uh, uh, this platform, you know, I called it an app, but it's actually on multiple platforms. So we have the we have it on the web, we have app, Android and iOS, uh, and we also have like a, an OTT platform too, uh, so like a set-top box. Um, and uh, to top it off, we're building a progressive web app to expand internationally outside of Thailand a little bit. Um, so that's like a little bit of background on the company. My role, uh, so I'm uh, basically heading the, the product analytics team is what they call it. So I'm basically on the product side of TrueID Uh, And really finally giving governance to how uh, all the analytics is being implemented across these platforms uh, and also to help drive like a kind of a data driven uh, culture there. Uh, So everything from like the helping with the frameworks that the the product team uses to optimize the products um, and and a lot of that. A lot of my work so far has been really involved with uh, replatforming. The, the analytics uh, as a company we're very heavily reliant on Google cloud uh, so because of that uh, on the app side um, we were um, implemented firebase basically we have ga 360 uh, gbq you know the, the whole cloud uh, platform basically um, in terms of you know while I have been very uh, neck deep in the process of this i think this is what kind of triggered that uh that tweet where uh you know sometimes there's a lot of very crazy challenges and we're struggling to find out what to do and you know then i suddenly realized that there's not as much content relating to app analytics out there and it's fundamentally uh very different than web analytics in many ways i mean there's obviously some similarities and uh, I mean, the way things are going, we're kind of bridging these two worlds a lot more. Uh, but I just found that kind of interesting. So, you know, that's, that was kind of, the, I guess, the, the synopsis of the background of this conversation.
2: And for me, in the meantime, while you're tweeting about that, I have two, now three different clients that are all trying to figure out what their whole ecosystem is going to look like for their mobile analytics. Mm-hmm. And I'm having a devil of a time. (laughs) I'm getting a handle on it enough to to help them out and or uh, give good recommendations and tell them, oh, yes, this tool will help you with this specific thing. And I think that's part of it. It's it's just there are so many different tools. There is no Adobe suite of (laughs) optimization, acquisition, like all of this stuff in one thing. Now, technically... The Adobe Suite is the Adobe Suite for mobile. I suppose you can use it for mobile, but mm-hmm. um, I don't have many folks that are choosing to do that just because it's it's not something they specialize in.
0: Yeah, so. I think fundamentally, a lot of the tracking is very different, um, even when you're designing what the implementation should look like on app versus mm-hmm. web. I mean, for I mean, at the various highest level, you have a lot more interactions on app than you do with the web. Um, the way people use apps, you know, it's a lot more clicking, scrolling, going back and forth between screens. But then even at a higher level, it's uh, the app is in the foreground versus the background, depending on the type of apps so of what is defined as a session. I mean, there's obviously technical definitions for these things, but there are some fundamental like uh, nuances between platforms that you have to take into yeah. account as well. Yeah. And so I, I think we, oh yeah, sorry. I was just,
2: so one of the things that, that came up is just how siloed the analytics stuff for mobile can be from the more traditional web analytics side of things. And so you say mm-hmm. you're, you're over product analytics. How much do yep. you talk to the marketing analytics or web analytics or whatever we want to call the the older <laughs>
0: the, yeah. the
2: team we're used to working with?
0: Yeah. So I, I would say um, the way we kind of structure it or the way we're moving to is that the the product Analytics. I guess um, I'm kind of the the hub of all the other analytics teams because the way we think of it is that basically I influence what data gets uh, leveraged by the other teams. So I think of all the other internal teams that use the data, such as the marketing team. We have another, uh, we have you know a variety of analytics platforms teams, uh, some other teams. We get like a person. There's a team building like personalization models on behavioral data. Uh, we have a security team that's uh, using the data to, to develop fraud models and that kind of thing. Uh, so all of their requirements basically uh, funnel through me. Uh, being on as a member of the product or any product organization, uh, usually you have an intake of requirements from your customers. So in our case, it's just the, the customers are other internal teams. That's right. how we, we think of it. Hmm. Yeah,
2: so how much are you trying to standardize then between all of the different things? For instance, a lot of folks would try to, maybe if they're not using the same data layer tag management mm-hmm. or whatever on mobile, cause it's well different, but all the same, like, okay, if we're capturing this on the checkout flow on the web, we're going to also make sure we capture this in the checkout flow in the app, um, and capture it similarly as possible.
0: Yeah, so we're trying to, uh, I mean, my, my goal is to really make everything as identical as possible.
2: Okay.
0: Um, if you're familiar with uh, the way Google's been moving their suite, uh, so they have this app plus web yeah. property, which is basically the idea of, it's based on the Firebase data model, which is mm-hmm. coming from the app side, and they're trying to recreate it on the, the website, basically. Um, uh, so that, you know, I'm, I'm, we're basically following that general philosophy uh, in the past things were definitely not like that and to be honest at the moment they're not completely like that yet uh, we and it, it becomes a problem because someone from the business might be interested in some KPI that's very it doesn't depend on the platform when you have the the same tool uh, you know cross-platform app and web someone may you know and ask a question it's not like how many videos were watched on app or how many videos were watched on web. They just want to know how many videos were totally watched. Right, right. Uh, so there's a lot of aggregation that needs to happen. Uh, in the past, that aggregation was very manual uh, mm-hmm. through I mean through queries, but very complicated queries because we were matching different data models together. Right. Uh, so yeah, I think the the first thing is really trying to get the events aligned as much as possible. Um, and even once that's, once the event names and the parameters that you have passed are all the same, there's still a lot of different nuances you have to keep in Mm -hmm. mind, obviously, because, uh, the way these events get triggered could be different between platforms. Uh, so yeah, it is quite challenging. Uh, and there's, yeah, there's, there hasn't been one easy way to do it that I've been aware of at least. Uh, it's, it's been a lot of yeah trying to uh, I think I think well I think one thing that's really helped is really trying to standardize documentation uh, that different development teams can interact with, because that's the one extra complicated thing is that I am working with so many different development teams simultaneously, and it's like if we you know help to share that common set of resources like on a wiki or something like that, then it does help a lot.
2: Yeah, I can imagine. So is that kind of what you're saying where you're having a hard time finding documentation and things like that, that it feels kind yeah. of wild ish. Like Yeah. In yeah.
0: terms of best practices, I think. Uh, and, yeah. and you know, some of the, the things that I struggle with and we're experimenting with and, you know, talking to other vendors and, I mean, I'm, I, we're, we're getting a sense of best practices. There's been a lot of trial and error. But, uh, you know, examples of things that I uh, actually had, um, like actual examples I had uh, uh, questions about before, so uh, like if you're scrolling through products, like you know, and you want to fire like impressions, like what's the best practice around when those should fire? Sure. Like, is it in the screen, uh, you know, after a certain uh, x number of milliseconds? Is it? I, there's there's many ways you can do things, uh, and it's it's always like a balance. So it's just that that lack of not knowing what the best practice is, yeah. if there is a standard or not. Uh, that I think was kind of kind of lacking.
2: Well, I think some of that is it just evolved so quickly. I think of yeah. how long it took me before I felt comfortable, say, blogging about what I felt like was, was a best practice in web mm-hmm. analytics, um, that I'd have to have implemented it a few times, seen the, the gotchas and what works well and what doesn't work well, and then I'd feel comfortable talking about it and telling people what I had figured out with mobile, by the time I've gotten to that point, it's changed. Yep. <laughs> um, so yeah. yeah, it's really hard to play catch up kind of with, well, I, I had it all figured out and I did, I felt like I was on top of mobile two or three years ago because it was all that I was doing for one particular client. And then I get out of that space for a year or so and then come back into it. And I don't really know. <laughs> Um, I'm learning as quickly as I I know the Adobe side pretty darn well, but everything else. And like I said, Adobe doesn't actually do all of the different pieces. Um, Mm -hmm. So at bare minimum, you've got Adobe and a branch integration or, um, you know, so many other, um, there's got to be something more to, to get the acquisition information and the push notifications and um, all of that. So
0: yeah, that's, and of that's
2: course, a great uh, point. web app hasn't even been out there that long for Google yep. Analytics, so.
0: Yeah, and that, that's a great point. And the other thing that's uh, we're always playing catch up to are the the changes in the, the actual um, yeah. mobile platforms as well. Like the Android and iOS side are constantly making changes to in every uh, OS update on what they're allowing privacy wise. Um, uh, you know whether we can get like device identification information. The the yeah. the ID occasionally changes. Um, uh, a lot of things. Like, I mean, the other the other complicated thing too on the commerce side is um, when you're doing anything with payments or subscriptions. Mm. Uh, then you know sometimes you have the like the the in-app purchases. You know okay. with the Apple tax and things like that that you have to take into account. So yeah, it gets. There's, there's a lot to keep up on and, and all of those things seem to change independently.
2: Yeah. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Jim, yeah. you've been
2: very quiet. <laughs> <laughs> Hi Jim.
1: <laughs> hey, Jim. Yeah, no, it's uh, no worries. Like, you know, I, I think sometimes the best episodes are the ones where <laughs> I don't actually speak. So. <laughs> um, no, it's um, it, it, it's fascinating to hear. Cause um you're right. Like one of the things with with mobile, it just seems to evolve so fast, um, mm-hmm. and everybody's off doing doing their own thing. So trying to to standardize, to to your point, um, for, for for multiple reasons, development reasons, and and, and whatnot. Yeah, that that, that always seems to, to to be the struggle. Um, so I think we actually just kind of dove in into the conversation. So. Just to to give our listeners and actually now our viewers uh, a um, you know a bit of context, a couple of weeks ago, this whole thing started with a tweet you would put out saying how that you were seeing um, a, a, a huge divide between analytics documentation for web, which is something we're we're all used to at this point, and then. And then app. So, um, you know, Jen, Jen had replied about what she sees as the cause, and she actually brought the tweet to my attention. And like, this will be a great episode and mm-hmm. uh, to, to bring you on for. So, yeah, it was great to hear the context on you know behind what what that was. Um, mm-hmm. But Jen, I kind of want to dig into to, to your response a bit. Like, you know, what you were saying is is one of the reasons that you see the the divide behind the behind that is there's actually two different groups owning analytics depending upon if it's web, web or app. So can you speak to, to that a bit more?
2: Sure. So and I actually currently have a client that um, for the sake of the, the web analytics folks, the, the marketers and the, and the web experience designers and all of that, they have implemented Adobe Analytics on their app. But then for the sake of the developers and the, and and it's a separate set of developers, they have outsourced the development of their app. Um, for the sake of that team and the folks that are over them, they've implemented Firebase. And then when they realized that Firebase couldn't get them everything they wanted, they also implemented Google Analytics. So all three of those now are, are on one app and they're all kind of going to different teams. Um, and I feel like I've seen that quite a bit where if we do end up getting web analytics technology, I shouldn't call it web analytics, Adobe analytics uh, implemented on an app, it's the developers will do it just cause they're told to, and there's a Jira ticket they wanna check off, but that's not the data that's gonna matter to them. They're gonna implement their own thing separately and they'll be using that. Is that is that something you guys have seen or um, I don't know, maybe it's just my specific clients.
0: But. Yeah, when I, when I think to that, uh... I don't know if this is the part of what you were referring to, but I think the the type of data that... You, I mean, sure, some of the events should be lined up exactly, but some of the other behavioral elements might be very different the between app and web because I think the way you optimize each of these platforms, if you're talking about uh, using analytics for uh, UX optimization or something, can be very different between between app and web. Uh, um and and you know flows can 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 vary differently, um, yeah. So it, I guess, yeah, there are some things that should line up exactly, and then there's other things that I think it's okay to to diverge a bit mm-hmm. um, on what what is being tracked. Um, yeah, it's it's but, it, but it's very that important as far as
2: yeah. the people that are interested that there are. Some folks that are more interested in analytics and like the old school Adobe analytics or even Google analytics sense. Mm-hmm. And then a different set of folks that are probably more mobile minded that are much mm-hmm. more interested in Firebase or Localytics or any of the other like more mobile specific
0: tools. Now, are you talking about this from the reporting standpoint? Like the reporting uh, yeah, UI of Firebase? So. Yeah, so oh, that's, definitely a, that's definitely a challenge actually. Um, like many places, I think uh, we were all heavily on Google Analytics um, across the board on app and uh, web. We're still using it on the web. Um, so moving to Firebase, it is very different. Now, uh, you know, I don't recommend, and I, I don't think Google recommends using the old Firebase console anymore for, for analytics. It's very, very limited. Uh, now they have this app plus web property, which is, uh, they are make actively developing, and every release it's getting closer and closer to, to the GA interface. In some ways, it's better. Uh, in some ways, it's more limited still. Right, uh, and that's, that also
2: brings us back to the—it's evolving so quickly. It's impossible yeah. to be an expert in it yet. Uh, and this but. is a big
0: problem because uh, when you're with Firebase, and I, and I actually I, I have become quite a advocate for Firebase overall. But the re- from the reporting side, it can be a challenge because this app plus web property, it's great. But whereas on the web, uh, I think Google recommends kind of keeping app plus web as a secondary property mm-hmm. uh, because it's still in beta. But on, the, on mobile, it's the only right. tool. Uh, there's no backup. It's the primary. And if the primary is in beta, there can be problems. There's no currently no enterprise version of Atlas Web right. Available. That will change uh, sure. uh, in due time. But at the moment, it is challenging. Uh, and we do hit a lot of those challenges, a lot. Uh, so because of that, uh, we end up having to, well, uh, make... I mean, so... Yeah, I mean, we basically had, we have to build like an entire data pipeline from the, the mm-hmm. data into BigQuery, where we build uh, analytics data marts. And then we have, uh, you know, we allow, uh, you know, someone to create like a data studio dashboard off of those data marts or, you know, query directly. But that is a, that is a realistic consideration at the, at the moment. I think you have to be a lot more data savvy to get insight from the app data or rely on uh, you know, the analysis or a dashboard from someone that is, I think. Whereas I think a lot of the the web tools have matured a lot more because the, it's it's you know been around for a little bit longer and a little bit easier to, to judge. I think you you can get some good insights um out of the box for I think from any app analytics platform. But uh, realistically, you know, I found I'm sure you 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 find as well. In uh, day to day, and especially organizations that become more mature, you're you're asking questions a lot deeper than those pretty reports that are surfaced. So
2: and it when does you're involve a lot of thinking. One of the web analytics tools, and I am I'm just going to call them that because yeah yeah uh, just to differentiate. But um, mm-hmm. one of the things we ran up against was trying to apply segments to different parts of our Firebase data and. Finally, just like you know, we'll just use Adobe for that. <laughs> yeah. Um, because at the at this point, and this was was months ago too. So, yeah, it's changing fast. There's still some limitations. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The other but thing it is also, like uh, definitely things that it does far better than the web analytics tools do. Yeah.
1: yeah
0: absolutely. Things like cohort analysis and and yeah. Um. And there's, there's, there's some interesting things. I mean, there are. I think just some fundamental uh, deeper challenges with, with doing app analytics overall, it's a lot more deeply integrated is another problem. Whereas on the website, you can really rely on, you know, a data layer and GTM to really modify the implementation in a, uh, scalable way. I mean, obviously that's what we all preach, but on the app that really doesn't exist. Right. Uh, there's, it's a lot more deep integration with development. Um, so I think, I guess one, one, uh, tip I would give for all those about to embark on this journey is to try to come up with some sort of library or framework for, you know, triggering events. Uh, you know, you have to, but so for instance, if something is deployed and then you want to pass another parameter with that event, a lot of times it will require going back into the app, doing another release cycle. And even that is very different than the web as well, yes. because you have to wait for the app release, the, the app store approval and this whole process The Apple Um, store. Yep. (laughs) And then the other other fun thing, which I don't know if you you don't realize, like, I didn't realize until I was very deep in app analytics, is if there's a bug and you fix it, uh, that old version with the bug will still be around, you know, for a while. Because not everyone updates their app the second it's released. Uh, So that's another kind of... uh, Thing to consider versus versus the web, whereas if there's a tracking bug, everything's fixed immediately. Uh, so not, it's concerns. Not even
2: necessarily a bug, but a, a new feature that you're tracking. Yeah, a or new feature. Like yeah, that. yeah.
0: Absolutely.
1: Um, one, one quick question on that, um, because I mean, I've I've heard many people talk about that. Like for your specific case, like what percentage of people do you see still using an older version of the app where you have something like that where you've deployed either some kind of new tracking or you've deployed a bug fix that you still have to account for.
0: It's surprising. Um, I would say, I, I couldn't tell you the exact numbers off the top of my head, but I would say I, at least, I would say, it, well, maybe to use the 80-20 rule, I think 80% of people will definitely, probably update within the first day or two days. Uh, you know, I think they have the automatic updates enabled but you still see older versions of the app and sometimes versions multiple versions old for weeks. Mm-hmm. Uh, so there's definitely kind of a, uh, a longer tail of, uh, of, of of those people that uh, that last and you, sometimes you just wonder like, why don't you update? like why what do you love the old, <laughs> the old version? I, I, I don't understand why it takes so long. but uh, yeah, I, I, it does it can be a lot longer than you would expect. Uh, so, I mean, on that front, uh, I will say um, if we were getting technical, so, so GTM is available on apps. Uh, it doesn't work exactly the same way as the web, but actually, if you use Firebase or um, you can actually use it to, in some cases, for like if there's a typo in your event or something, you can use it to actually manipulate the event, uh, which does get deployed uh, across the board all at once. Uh, I remember so, for I mean, a while, some cases. Yeah. A few
2: years ago, we were really scared because the Apple Store was starting to come down on things like attack management system that would allow you mm. to make changes without going through their painful process. Um, yeah. But fortunately, they haven't. Uh, yeah. Made it possible yet.
0: Yeah. Actually, on that front, the other the other uh, type of thing that, that comes into um, to light is the is A/B testing. Optimization tools as well. Yeah, uh, yeah. Testing on the app, yeah. And being able to test outside of releases and things like that. It gets, it definitely can be a little bit trickier.
2: Yeah, that Apple store. <laughs> <laughs> I say as a person with my iPhone that, yeah. Um, yeah. But, well, it's funny, so a few years back, um, I made an app, my silly little pocket. I, I I always call it my silly app cause it is uh, It's a pocket SDR. It uses the Adobe analytics or uh, admin API to pull down all of your report settings and stuff so that if you're looking at your data and you're like, Oh, I forgot what, what event five is. You can look at it on your phone. Mm-hmm. Um, but. I partially did it because it's a tool that I needed, but partially just because I wanted an excuse to get into mobile development some and mess around with it myself and and learn. Now, to be fair, it wasn't true mobile development because I used Ionic, which is um, basically an Angular framework for the phone, so I could still do it all in JavaScript and HTML, and then it would turn it into native code for me. Um, But I still had to go through the App Store processes, and, like, I, I'm very glad I did it. I learned a whole bunch. Unfortunately, since it was two years ago, a bunch has changed since then, too. Um, mm-hmm. But um, I think that's part of the problem is there isn't a great way to mess around. And it, it's hard to get a sandbox for mobile and learning and best practices and stuff, whereas HTML, JavaScript, I can just throw that up on you know, local hosts. I don't even need to host it anywhere, and I can mess mm-hmm. around with
0: it. Yeah, it's absolutely true. And especially when you get to the the Android ecosystem where there's many different models of phones, many different screen resolutions, and it's very very difficult to... There's always going to be bugs in something.
2: Yep. Yeah, so it's it's hard to get yourself exposure to it, and then it's hard to audit and see what's happening in real time. Now, the tools are getting better and better at this. That, Mm -hmm. um, you know, Adobe has Griffin, and then... um, I know we're working with a client that's on Amplitude and in Particle and that has some like real time you can see what your particular device, what data is being sent. Um, Mm -hmm. I I should know, but I don't know off the top of my head if Firebase and or Google has something similar to, to, but but that makes it really, really hard because I'm very used to show me the beacon that happened on this precise user action in real time. Um, yeah,
0: well, yeah, well, I mean, I can answer the question. Like in, yeah, um, on the great. Firebase side, uh, there is a debug view, basically. Okay. So you can set up your device to debugging and see events stream in real time. Uh, there's another way that I actually like to, uh, to debug on the Android side. Uh, there's a way to enable um, basically like uh, terminal logging in mm-hmm. uh, Android uh, Studio.
2: Yeah, I've basically.
0: used that a few times. Yeah, so that... Although
2: I hate I, I Android really Studio, don't. but yeah. It's <laughs> I use it specifically
0: for that. I don't do any development, but... Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah.
2: <laughs> well, in theory, you can do the same with Xcode for for an iPhone, yep. too. Um, but.
0: but yeah, it is it is a little bit more difficult to uh, debug, for sure, on the app side, we'll say. Also, there's it's, it's sometimes harder to recreate a, a journey, depending on yeah. how complicated your app is versus web.
2: And or how specific their device was.
0: <laughs> yeah. And there's a lot of other scenarios, too, on the app. Uh, I mean, another thing that comes into play when you're heavily marketing an app is the the notion of deep linking into the yes. app. So there's a lot yeah. of things that can go around that. Uh, and of course, attribution. And uh, that's the other factor that you have to keep in mind when, uh, you know, if following the, the changes of the um, Android and iOS ecosystems wasn't enough, then all the big uh, advertising platforms like Facebook and such are constantly yeah. changing their, what, what data they're allowing and not allowing and blocking. And yeah, there's, there's, there's a lot of content that can be written. So that's why I was very yeah. surprised there was none.
2: <laughs> well, get on it, John. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, well, and if there's demand.
1: One- <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah. One of the things that we're up against too is just all of the different data sources that even if you have like a super strong Firebase, you've got everything you want there, you still have to figure out how to get and which data from the app stores that you want. And Mm -hmm. okay, so we can track people deep linking directly into the app and some of the acquisition of how did folks open the app and all of that. But if they don't have the app yet and they go to the app store, it's hard to connect the Okay, what is it that, that drove them to the app store? And that drove them to download. We can see that easily enough in the app store. But then how did they convert afterwards based on the original what drove them to the app store? And there are different tools that that can help you do that, but um, but they're all yet again third party integrations and and things like that. And that's
0: mm-hmm.
2: that's been that single thing has been one of the hardest things for most of my my current clients that are looking at this stuff to get around of we're not used to having multiple data sets for such things and tying it together because, you know, Adobe and Google do that so nicely for web. <laughs> yeah,
0: absolutely. Yeah, and no, getting that's that whole definitely user true.
2: experience is tricky.
0: Yep, and it's another thing that yeah, we do have another uh, attribution platform. In our case, we're using a tool called uh, AppsFlyer, uh, which you may yeah. have heard of. I uh, I think they've been a great uh, partner to work with. I want to uh,
2: say that one that Adobe. More out of the box recommends now, or like if mm-hmm. you go into launch and, and the launch documentation, they yeah, uh, it's the one that they say, yeah,
0: no, it's a great tool, but it's uh, yeah, it, it is another thing that requires you know implementation as well. And mm-hmm. uh, yeah, so there's a lot of, I think there's a lot more governance too when it comes to uh, using data that's app data too, because because in this case, there's going to be attribution data in the attribution tool, but there will also be some things by default in some of the other mm-hmm. app tools um the way we've we've approached it uh uh, at our company is basically just i mean just making a line in the sand and saying if you're doing anything with attribution use the attribution tool uh just ignore what's in the the others um but that does require you know some more things to keep in mind things are not as as clean and refined as they are on the website at the moment that's for sure
2: So in conclusion, mobile apps are confusing <laughs> and <laughs> complicated.
0: <Yeah>. Lily, <laughs> um. well, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of other things. I could go on and on about all the challenges. Um, I mean, another interesting thing, too, you mentioned real-time events, too. I mean, there, in some cases, there's, I mean, events don't come in real-time, too, because, like, your phone could be offline. Uh, there's some things where, actually, on the Firebase side, the throttle events based on to help save battery and bandwidth in certain cases. And, and that's actually, actually that's another consideration when you are doing an analytics implementation on mobile, uh, no matter what the tool is, if you're f- triggering a lot of events or having a lot of logic, it might have some impact on battery life or performance as well. Uh, something you really don't have to consider usually on, on on the website. So, yeah, I mean, there are ways around all of these things, uh, but uh, in my experience so far, it's been, yeah, There's there, there has to be a lot more technical considerations. I think. Yeah, but there's there are some actual uh, more fun things too, like you mentioned notifications. It's a whole other medium that you can play with uh, for acquisition on mobile that doesn't really exist so much on the web. SMS, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and you have location data too, this can be very cool.
1: Yeah, you mentioned something earlier. Um, I was just curious about it. you mentioned A/B testing on mm-hmm. on the app. Have you had a chance to do any of that, and uh, how's that turned out for you?
0: Yeah, we we do do some uh, tests at the moment. We're using uh, uh, so we have kind of a, a more simple framework. We use the the A/B testing capability within Firebase. Uh, they have a, f- a module called Remote Config that basically works like. Um, Uh, I mean, it's basically like a, you can think of it like a config file in the cloud, if you're not familiar with it. So you can toggle something on or off. uh, But that requires, you know, the variations to be basically coded within the the app. It's Um, not like there's
2: like an empty div that you can toggle, like send this content into it from a remote. Yeah.
0: Although we have been actually looking into some other uh, A-B testing platforms, uh, more mature ones, uh, or more I should not say more mature, more specialized, yeah. uh, and, you know, once again, another tool. But there are uh, some great ones on the market, things like Aptimize, for instance. Uh, that it doesn't work; it, it's a balance. It's not completely like the, that empty div in the old, uh, uh, or in you know, in, in the in, in the web world. But there are some things that you can actually uh, manipulate uh, through a UI without actually making code changes mm-hmm. in the app. It is limited to some degree. Uh, but you can do stylistic and and textual changes um, kind of without uh, coding changes. Uh, But any kind of deeper, uh, you know, user journey testing probably will require some extra development effort. Uh, But I think there are, I mean, that said, there are ways that uh, you can architecture the app, you know, when you get to like the more enterprise scale to make it more, um, uh, to make it more, ready for for doing testing mm-hmm. uh so whereas it might be very uh cumbersome at the beginning uh because maybe you know you you probably developed your app without testing in mind so you, to test something you might have to refactor many different elements uh but over time i think we've found that we can evolve the architecture of the app to facilitate testing more. So I mean, part of that I think is getting the development teams more involved in the process, what we're trying to do with the app, what we're trying to test, uh, to have these things in mind when they're, you know, when there's a million ways to code something to make it more, uh, to make it in a, in a in a way that's easier to test or to, to create toggles on things that maybe don't have tests at the moment, but might in the future. Uh, so a lot of those things can can help uh, ease it in the longer term. Uh, you know, But I think, again, you just have to keep in mind with the onset more.
2: So using that as an example, let's say you know I've, I've got decent analytics on my app, and now I'm wondering how to get uh, an optimization tool or more personalization or better acquisition, or I want to up my push notification game. Mm-hmm. This is where I start to struggle because, A, there are so many different vendors out there. And it's no longer a given. Of well, yeah, you know, I'm using Adobe Analytics, so I'll use Adobe Target. Um, mm-hmm. So, a, trying to sort out which is the best and, and which fits my needs best. But then, b, all of the things that you were just talking about of hey, you you can actually architect your app in a way that works better for optimization if if you know what you're doing and all of that. Is that documented somewhere? <laughs> like, where do I go <laughs> for a guide on
0: doing that? Um, that's uh that's a great question. <laughs> yeah, get on I, it, think, <laughs> no, I think I think that is the kind of a, the knowledge that's that's lacking. I mean uh from my use case, yeah, it's been we've 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 been going through a lot of trial and error. Uh you know, initially I think some of the team was um I don't want to say frustrated, but you know, I think well maybe frustrated that we were moving slower or you know, that things maybe we reverted something. But you know, I, I I tried to do a, <laughs> I tried to communicate out that uh, I think this is the way that it is industry wide at the moment. I mean, I don't think there's anyone that's really a complete expert at all right. at all of this stuff. So, I mean, I think at the moment it is some trial and error. In a in an odd way, maybe this is me being an optimist. It's it's fun a little bit actually. It almost reminds me of when web analytics was first starting and there right. weren't really best practices and you were trying to develop them. Um, but but then at the same time every time you iterate it does have there's a longer <laughs> leeway because of all the all the things we talked about before um, but yeah I, I think yeah some of those things are not well documented uh, industry wide and I, and, I, and that said i think it's 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 probably also more challenging to document some of this stuff because i think every app, especially an app is, I mean, by definition, apps are very uniquely made for whatever function right. they're that they're built for. Um, so there's not always like a common framework that even apps are built around. Okay. So I think that comes to the challenge of it. But I mean, I think that, that said, there probably are some general guidelines that we probably sure. can be communicated out that can help these things. But yeah, overall, I think it's just more of a kind of a you need to take a more holistic, uh, collaborative approach with app analytics versus web analytics. Uh, it's been my kind of uh, experience so far. I mean, and what I mean by that is really involving, uh, you know, every team to, to be up to date on on what's going on, what the what the roadmap will enable in the future. But yeah, but it's, it's challenging
2: because as a consultant. It's very hard yeah. to come in with a "Hey, we're gonna iterate and figure this out together."
0: No, I, <laughs> you know, and I've got you know,
2: a lot of resources and experience, but it's <laughs> also changing a lot, and and yeah, Absolutely.
0: there's gonna be some
2: figuring it out together. Unfortunately, most of my clients they they get that. Um, yeah, uh, the the ones that are working on mobile things, but um, <laughs> yeah, it, yeah, it's I, hard I, for I like me. That.
0: That's like, yeah.
2: And I and I can't just say, you know what, give me a week, I'll figure it out on my own. Cause <laughs> like I said, it's it's really hard to sandbox and test and uh, yeah. All the reasons. Yeah.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, no, I feel I feel your pain there. But uh, Well, if you ever want to collaborate on on problems, I'm I'm happy to, I <laughs> to talk about that. Them. And I might we take can you start up our own that. community. Because
2: And I actually have had a few conversations like there's one that was a former client that um, he and I were working on app stuff all the time nonstop a few years ago and I reached out recently like are you still really deep in the app world can I pick your brain and he's not unfortunately and then uh, Jim Gordon and Nancy Coons and I were like hey I it seems like there's a lack of, of information about mobile stuff out there on Twitter and so we ended up having a chat but I don't know that any of us three could claim to be experts. It was more us talking about the lack of expertise, I think. Yeah, so it's I, it's hard for me to even find the folks who would be current that, that I can talk to. So, John, yeah,
0: thanks. I, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. We can start this. You know, and I also wonder, I don't know if this is a common thing or, I mean, I know it was true at, at my company that in the past, App Analytics was completely run by the technical teams.
2: Right. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so
0: that, that might be a common thing as well. Whereas, um, you know, they I, and I think technical. I mean, they can implement it, trigger the events, fine, but uh, not always in a way that is conducive to analysis or how the business wants to see things. Um, so yeah, and that might be part of the the this the reason for the state of the mm-hmm. the, the industry. Well, and guess, for a while it was yeah.
2: easier because when orgs were making apps, they didn't know yet what they were doing, and they were just making their apps to be exactly like their websites, um, yep. which probably not the best user experience. But it sure did simplify things uh, for the analytics. Yeah, world.
0: but it's it's quickly becoming a very app first world. Yeah. Yep. Definitely. At least I can speak for in uh, now. Now I'm kind of out of the loop in in Western. Tech, but (laughs) in Asia, at least, there's a lot of companies that I mean, don't even have websites now. Uh, I I mean, a lot of like uh, like actually one example in the industry here, like banking, for instance, a lot of uh, a lot of banks in Southeast Asia, you can't even do banking on the web. Like you (laughs) need to use an app. Yeah, so everything, I mean, app first is really app first. Like, sometimes the website is really just a branding kind of website, but all the functionality really is on the app side. Um, And I think the reason for that uh, is that, um, at least in this region, uh, Southeast Asia, a lot of people don't have personal computers at home. Hmm. Now, they maybe have a computer at the office if they work in an office, but everyone has a phone. So it really makes sense that that's really the medium that all these things get distributed. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's yeah, there, there could be some geographical differences
1: on that too. But I think,
0: yeah. I think well, globally, like, uh,
1: yeah, yeah. With your, you know, with the work you've been doing with the app, has there been like that one thing you've come across and you're just like, that is so effing cool? It is so much cooler than something similar I could have done on the website of things.
0: I think, um, Boy, that's, that's, a, that's a difficult question. And there's a lot of, it, I mean, I think one thing uh, that's really interesting with, with apps overall is that you can really incorporate location into mm-hmm. things. Um, and I mean, things like, uh, uh, I mean, you can really do like personalized marketing based on location. Uh, you know, you can uh, you can cater an experience based on location and a location that's constantly changing. Whereas on the, I mean, you're usually not carrying your desktop around. I don't think, but sure. um, yeah. So it's, I mean, there's 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 a lot of things like that in mind. I think you can uh, some there's a lot more flexibility in terms of user experience. I mean, like interactions, the UX basically mm-hmm. um, that you can do on the the on apps as well. Um, so I mean, I think each platform has its definite use cases, of course, but. Uh, um, I, I'm finding it interesting. I mean, it seems like it, apps can be completely uh, flexible, obviously, to whatever you want them to do. Um, and I mean, that goes really deep in terms to the in terms of the way you interact with it as well. So um, I mean, I think you can come up with all kinds of interesting interactions, you know, gestures and things like that. But then I mean I guess the, going back to our conversation and the then you always wonder like how do you track these things? Right. <laughs> so, yeah. They shook yeah. their
2: phone to erase something or yeah. Yeah, but, like
0: do you want that to trigger an event too? Yeah, I mean there's yeah. a lot of like anything can trigger an event, really. I mean so it's uh there's a there's a lot more it's like a it's like playing 3D chess I feel like in terms of doing the implementation yeah. sometimes. There's a lot more things to it's consider. Yeah. Not that I know how to play 3D chess, but it seems very complicated.
1: <laughs> so one of the things I'm thinking we come out of this conversation, because you know we, we're talking about it sounds like there's a lot of need, a lot of desire for information around this. But there isn't anything yet, and everyone's kind of looking to see, like how can we get this started? I'm thinking maybe what we could do is we could start to have like a regular app-based episode. Uh, we'll, we'll bring other people on. John, we'll get you back. You know, Jen, you know, maybe we reach out to to Jim Gordon, Nancy Coons, and others who are all doing this. And maybe we start like a a regular panel to to start the the conversation. Where do we go? But what are people seeing to see what see what that can generate? I think that that could be something good coming out of this.
0: Yeah,
2: I'd I'd definitely
1: be involved. If
2: nothing else, I would just love to hear hey what what is your speed of tools from all of these people because <laughs> I mean even you John you've mentioned probably you know six different things of oh we have app flyer for this and we're using this for that and um, that that's been the hardest thing for me uh, to wrap my mind around in a lot yeah. of cases of what combination of tools is going to get me everything I need um, mm-hmm. and what are even the options that that'll get me there so i would love to pick people's brains about that
1: yeah yeah so let's absolutely. do it I'll, I'll get the the the, the thread started Let, let's start seeing who else wants to be involved and... and if there
2: are listeners out there who feel like they are mobile experts please ping me
1: mm-hmm. <laughs>
2: um i'll bake you cookies <laughs>
1: nice. Yep. come come have a chat with us um so as we're wrapping up you know i think um i'd be remiss john to just see like how are things just going over in Thailand right now, just personal life. How how, how are how things been? It's been a while since uh, since we chatted. How's life?
0: Yeah, things are going really well, and I I have to admit that I'm a little personally guilty to say uh, I feel guilty to say that because I I, I followed the, the survivor's guilt of <laughs> but, 2020. But uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean honestly, yeah, things are things are going quite well out here. Uh, it was it was I mean work wise, it was a big of a, a bit of a transition. Uh, from 33 sticks to kind of corporate life again, um, but in an odd sense, uh, I was easy to adapt to the working from home kind of uh, policies that we had out here. Um, in terms of that situation, uh, we've been very fortunate out in in Asia. I think uh, the you know there been there were some strict measures early on. Um, and a lot of compliance. The country's been closed off, so uh, luckily, I mean, that was. Uh, I think we fared a lot better than uh, anyone kind of expected on that, on that, on that side of things. Um, uh, so hopefully, that will that will last. Um, but yeah, so I mean, I think. Had we been yeah.
2: working in the office before quarantine stuff?
0: I, so, I was, yes. Yeah, okay. I was. Um so you so yeah, went I, I,
2: remote at thirty three six and then you were on site for a while and then had to go remote and, again.
0: And it was great timing because I mean I, I love the office. We have nice facilities, but I, I definitely miss some of the working from home as well. And the, the productivity that that, that and by working uh,
2: from, I from I home, you mean working from gorgeous cof- coffee shops.
0: From... <laughs> yeah, now I've actually been well, working now, from home. All so.
2: right, fair <laughs> enough, <laughs> enough.
0: But uh yeah, no, but it's uh it's been good. And obviously it's it's been a different kind of uh uh, challenge, you know, especially, you know, based on what we've been talking about too, the app side. So I've been trying to learn a lot more and try to absorb as much as possible, but, uh, yeah, just, uh, good. I feel, uh, I think one of the reasons, you know, that I, that I said, I initially was leaving 33 sticks, which was a still to this day, a hard, very hard decision. Uh, but I think, uh, you know, partly outside of the job thing. I just wanted to feel more kind of integrated into the, the, the time zone and the, right. the, the, the culture out here. So yeah. I think on, on that front, it's, it's, it's been really good. I, I definitely feel a lot more part of the, uh, like more of a, a normal resident right. <laughs> out here now. Not, being not a, you a know, vampire. Yeah. Waking up in the morning and such. So that's, that's been good. But yeah, no, thanks. I hope things are going well with you guys too. This is a, uh, mm-hmm. This is the first time we've all talked, and yeah, probably like a year.
1: Sure. Yeah, yeah, and uh, definitely been interested in getting you back on the podcast just just to to, to reconnect. So glad to hear everything is uh, is going well out there.
0: Thanks. Yeah, I'm ha- I was happy to use uh, to to bust out my microphone that I
1: haven't touched <laughs> in so long. <laughs> nice, nice. Well, John, it was great, uh, great catching up. Jen, thanks for, for for joining us again. So we'll wrap up for now, but yeah, I think one of the things coming out of this, I want to see if I can't get like a regular app series like panel uh, going because it seems like that's a lot. You know, people are looking for a lot of that. So that'd be great. Yep. Cool. Well, thank you both, and uh, we'll catch everybody later.
2: Thanks.
1: Cool. Thanks a lot.
2: Good to talk to you, John.